Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other mediums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, guys. Well, this is it. Welcome to Truth Revival. My name is Roman. With me today is... Paul Chapman, here we go. Paul Chapman, and, and we also Lon have Schutman. we also have Pastor Lon Schutman. Now, Lon, you have pastored in this area for. I came here in January of 1975, pastored the First Baptist Church in Madisonville, and finished in January of 2016. Forty-one years to the day later. Forty-one years in the ministry, and currently you're serving at Glenlock, Glenlock Baptist Church. I actually. They called me one day and asked me if I could come be their interim pastor. And I did. I enjoyed being there. And um, they just didn't do good finding anybody. So after a couple of years, I said, look, I'll stay with you a while. You know, Lon, I've got to ask you this question since sure. we've got here. People say that when you're called to preach, you never retire. Do you feel like that's true? Well, you're called to preach. and it's, There's no deadline on it. You're just called your whole life to preach. I believe that to be the truth, yes. And so it's just in you, right? You don't get to turn off the switch. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, again, you know, I don't think the Lord called me to preach till I retired. He just called me to preach. He just called period. you to preach. Well, we're so thankful for that. Um, and this is episode one, season one of Truth Revival. And we're excited that... Um, we have the opportunity to share our hearts with you today. And my boys asked me if this was um, a church podcast or a religious podcast. And I quoted Johnny Cash, Paul. You want to share that Johnny Cash quote with us? He said, every man searching for the truth ends up at Jesus. So you can't really talk about the truth without talking about Jesus, Amen. okay? And so um, we're not sponsored in any way, and our opinions are our own. And, you know, we're just going to dive right in. So when it comes to this idea of truth, I think that there's some distortion of truth that's been happening. There's an agenda that has been pushed throughout time and a distorted truth is more dangerous than a lie. And right now, there are so many voices that people hear. And there's just a lot of noise that's going on in our world. Would you guys agree? Oh, certainly. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of noise. And there's certain aspects of truth that gets left out. And when you leave out a certain part of the truth, that's called an agenda. Right? Um, what do they say in the courts? They ask you to tell the whole truth. Nothing but the truth, so help you God. Well, in today's world, we can spin truth however you want it. And that's what's happening in our mainstream media. The loudest voices are oftentimes manipulating the truth. And what's really dying out in our culture, especially in our newspapers, on our TVs, on our broadcasts, is telling the truth. Networks, 
form of 24-hour news broadcasts. They approach a perspective through bias. And that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring as much balance as we can. And we want a non-biased aspect of the truth. And one of the things that I have here in my notes is when you're talking to people, the ability to engage in a dialogue or, or discussion, just being able to talk to people, it's like a skill that's almost as rare as a black rhino. You know, it's just endangered. And have you have you noticed that, Paul? You get to work with the public, right? Oh, yeah. You've been in the ministry for how many years? 23. 23 years? Yeah. So, I mean... What are your thoughts on this thing that we're talking about? You know, this idea of sharing the truth. What's your thoughts on that? About two years ago, I I was uh, I was studying and and watching the news uh, that Lon doesn't watch anymore, and I don't either. So, (laughs) but I, I was studying, and the Lord really impressed on me: our nation and our world needs a truth revival. We need a revival of, it, of the truth. And, and what is it? The truth is the quality or state of being true, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. And looking back, you can see to where the, the switch was flipped. And they took our truth and our reality and they distorted it. And they've slowly watered it down and watered it down and watered it down to, to get their agenda to the top. And, and they've, they've come full circle to where their agenda is actually pushing the, pushing the way now. And uh, and we're on the defensive end instead of instead of the Christian people and the Church of Jesus being the offensive and being and being the leaders, we are actually fighting from in a defensive stance in the natural. Now, with all the agenda that we're facing, I mean, we know Jesus wins in the end. We mm-hmm. know that He's the way, the truth, and the life, and we know that that He's coming back and He's taking us home. But in a physical aspect, right now, everybody that I know and and that is normal in their mind is we're fighting from a defensive position. Wouldn't you agree, Lon? Well, I think that's true. I've thought of something that Stuart Briscoe said some time ago. He said when he was young, he grew up in a world in which there were virtues and there were vices. Everybody knew what a virtue was. It was something that was good. It was something desirable. It was something everyone wanted and advice was something that was bad and something everyone shunned. But he said, now we have boiled it down to one virtue and one vice. And the one virtue, Briscoe says, is tolerance. Meaning, everybody does right in their own eyes, like in the days of judges. Mm, that's right. And so that's kind of, you know what they say they want to see, and don't you dare say it's wrong because everybody does what's right to them. And he says the one vice that we have right now, it's just the opposite of that. It's intolerance. So don't you dare say that's a sin. That's wrong. Don't you dare say this is what the Bible says. And please don't say thus saith the Lord. I agree with that, but I think we've almost taken it one step further than what Briscoe's taken it. In our time, I think what we really have done 
if we're trying to impose not just tolerance, but we're trying to impose just one viewpoint, one idea about what is right and what is true. And tolerance really means I'll put up with you and I'll put up with you and I'll put up, you'll all put up with me. That's not where we are now. Where we are right now is to try to force one philosophy, one idea, counterculture, wokeism, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, on everyone at the same time. And I think that's where our society is right now. America has become obsessed with living out their own truth, yeah, doing what's right in their own eyes. And you know what? Uh, I was reading Proverbs, and he said that Solomon said the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But that's what we're encouraging in our culture today. It says, but he that hearkeneth unto uh, counsel is wise. And so we hope that anybody listening out there will seek out the truth, not just your truth, but the truth according to the word of God. Um, You know, Lon, I was thinking about you before we got started tonight, and I thought that you were... Like a, you're like a spiritual Gandalf. You know who Gandalf is? I do. A wizard from the Lord of the Rings. You know, just so, like a, a sage. Somebody who's got a lot of wisdom. Somebody who's been around the block a time or two. And you brought up the book of Judges. Um, you know, we think about, the, since it's in the Bible, it's going to be nice, right? Well, the book of Judges is not a nice book. Not at all. The whole theme of the book is really how Israel takes their eyes off of God to do that which is right in their own eyes. And there's some really shocking things that happen throughout the book of Judges. And I've heard a lot of people talk about the Old Testament versus the New Testament. Um, Lon, I can remember um, there was an old-timer who tried to counsel me one time. He said, just stay away from the Old Testament. You don't, you don't need the Old Testament. Just stick in the New Testament. Stick with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I pretty well camp out in the Old Testament a lot of times on Sunday. I find myself over and over going back to the Old Testament. Um, because God said, um, I'll be God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob through all generations. So I think it's important to see how God related to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and draw lessons from that. Now, I take my text many times on Sunday in the Old Testament. And then it's, uh, I think it was Dwight L. Moody said, you make a beeline to the cross. Mm. And it's important to do that. You know, you talk about the Old Testament, but you get down to the answer to it all, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's well. The Old Testament. Without the Old Testament, we wouldn't appreciate the New Testament because that's where we've came. That's the history of the road to the cross. Would you agree, Paul? I would agree. Yeah. You said something important. I thought we just kind of glossed over there, Roman. The Book of Judges says, "Every man did that which was right in his own eyes." I think in our time we would say. CNN has an agenda, MSNBC has an agenda, Fox News has an agenda, New York Times, Washington Post, New York Post, all of them have an agenda. But the truth is, every person has an agenda. Every person has their own idea of truth. 
And Jesus said, you will know the truth of God, and that will set you free. You know, I need to get away from my truth and get to his truth. Amen. Because that is exactly what our world is needing and what is lacking. People going again to the word of God and uh, like the Bereans in the New Testament time, searching the word daily to find truth. So I think it's easy for us to sit here and condemn this group or that group saying they have an agenda. I have an agenda too, and so does every person we meet. And we need to get away from our thinking and away from our agenda, and we need to get to the Word of God, which is truth. That's it. Paul, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just soaking it in right now. It's good. I know that you're ready to explode over there. I know you've got oh, some no. things to say. No, I'm good. I just, uh, I, I was studying today, and, and I was I was reading where, where Pilate said, you know, Jesus goes before Pilate, and, and Pilate goes, what is truth? What is truth? And then he goes, he goes out, and he says, I find no fault in this man. So the truth is standing right in front of his face. He knows the truth is standing in front of his face. Or he would have condemned him. He didn't condemn him because he knew he was the truth. Hmm. But he didn't have the guts to stand up for, for what, what he knew to be true. So, so he kind of just slid it off to the side. And I think that's a lot of what our society does today. A lot of people know the truth, but they don't want anything to do with it. So they slide it away. Romans 1 talks about this. Uh, it's, it's pretty in-depth here. Let me read this to you. Romans chapter 1. We'll start in verse 18. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known to God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. So, so that tells me that, that even though you, you say you don't believe and, and you don't think there is a God, you can't deny him when you look around you. So it says his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Men, men, we are without excuse to the truth, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made corruptible like man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So they've taken, their, they've taken the truth of the creator, which is evident, and every man cannot deny it because there is an inkling of him in each one of us. And they've distorted it and corrupted it and pushed it back under the bush because they have their own agenda, like Lon was saying. And it's up to us as men of God to let that faith rise up in who we are and say, hey, enough's enough. You know, we're, we're going to, even though we don't agree with your agenda, we don't agree with your news, we don't agree with what you're bringing forth or what you're spilling, but we're going to be like Jesus with the Samaritan woman at the well. You know, they, they were at, at, at odds with each other. The Jews and Samaritans hated each other, you know, because one's agenda, the way one went, and the other, they don't come to our agenda, so we're going to hate them. And he showed her love and mercy and compassion. And what I love about that passage, when, when the truth of the Father confronts any man, the truth in him will come forth. I believe that with everything in me. Mm. When the truth of the Father confronts a man, his truth will come forth in him. So he tells her, Lon, 
go get your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And what does Jesus say? You got You speak the truth. <laughs> you speak the truth. So the truth was in her, yet she shunned it and lived the way of the world until the truth confronted her. And once the truth confronted her, she came out with confession. And what does confession lead to? Confession leads to repentance. Repentance leads to victory. And victory leads to Jesus. Bottom line. Mm. You know, we're talking about truth. The truth is mentioned over 224 times in Scripture. Um, Truth is the power of God, and it's inconvenient a lot of times to address the truth. And I think it's it's convenient for us to point fingers and talk about a lot of others and as a minister um, to preach a lot of times to other people. But to look down deep inside, that right there is, is what's hard. And the truth must transform us. The gospel of Jesus Christ must transform us. It must awaken our hearts. And we keep going back to the book of Judges because here is a people who's been delivered out of Egypt, witnessed some of the most incredible judgments of God, delivered out of the hand of Pharaoh, they go to a land that maybe in you know the Abraham's the, the their father Abraham and but but they didn't plow those fields they didn't uh, build those homes they didn't till that land and God gave it to them as long as they kept their eyes focused on the Lord Moses died and uh, Joshua helped them with this conquest. Okay, and Joshua was a bad man. Okay, uh, he was a warrior. The things that Joshua and Caleb, these great men of God, accomplished, and how the presence of the Lord was just in their camp and and with them at all times. And in the last chapter of Joshua, Joshua he dies out, and he tells him, he says, "If you keep your eyes focused on the Lord, God will bless you. When you start taking your eyes off of the Lord." Judgment will come, and there'll be a curse among your people. And after Joshua dies, the generation that was with Joshua and saw the great miracles of the Lord, something happened. They stopped teaching the truth of God to their kids, or maybe it just become inconvenient to serve the Lord. They were comfortable. They had cars and clothes and, you know, plenty of things and some of the amenities of life. Serving God just wasn't convenient. So they began to take their eyes off of the Lord, and Joshua told them to drive out all the inhabitants of the land. But they didn't. And so those inhabitants corrupted God's people. Roman, I think it's easy for us to talk about truth. I think we need to keep this in mind. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, tell the truth. But he said it's going to be dangerous. And it is a dangerous thing to tell the truth. 
to tell the truth of God. I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, but persecution of Christians is an all-time high in the world. One out of every eight Christians in the world lives in a place where you can be put to death for calling on the name of Jesus. Every day in the world, 12 churches are attacked and burned. Every day in the world, 12 Christians are beat up and assaulted. Every day in the world, five people are abducted because they're Christians. And every day in the world, 13 people are put to death for their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, the book of Revelation says there will be a time when the number of martyrs will be complete. And God's going to say then, that's enough. That's enough. (laughs) You don't have to say it anymore. And Jesus will come. So proclaiming the truth is a dangerous thing. It makes people uncomfortable. They don't want to hear it. I I talked about this last Sunday. Adam and Eve in the garden. God says, eat anything here you want except the tree in the middle of the garden. If you did, you would surely die. They ate it, and God knew it. And he came saying to Adam, where aren't you? And he said, uh, heard you walking in the garden. I was naked. I hid myself. I was afraid. But the one thing he never said was, I have sinned. He didn't say, I did exactly what you told me not to do. Mm. What he said was, it was this woman that you placed here gave me the fruit, and I ate it. And uh, by the way, whose idea was it to put her here? Was it mine? <laughs> well, I don't think so. It's the so. woman you gave me. Yeah, it was you. So right at the beginning, he doesn't hear about sin. He will not admit sin. All he does is he blames the woman And in the same way he blames God, he doesn't want to hear it. Uh, But God sees and God knows. The next door in the Bible is about two brothers, Cain and Abel. They make an offering to God. God finds Abel's offering acceptable. Cain's not acceptable. We're not told why. But God brings up sin. The Bible says that you can look at Cain's face and see he's angry. And God brings up sin. Cain didn't bring it up. God said, Cain, be careful. Sin's crouching at the door. It's going to pounce on you, destroy you. Slew his brother Abel. And God said something amazing. He said, Cain, the blood of your brother cries out to me Mm. from the ground. Well, this goes on and on and on and on. And Jesus, you remember, said, as he said on the Mount of Olives in Matthew 24, the disciples came to him and said, tell us what's going to be the signs of your coming in the end of the world. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so he would be. Whereas in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage, not thinking about judgment, not thinking about right, not thinking about long, just living their lives every day. That's all they did. And that's kind of where we are. I would agree. We don't think about sin. We don't think about right and wrong. We, you know, focus on 
internet and Facebook and smartphones and games and how much calories are in that. We're not focused on the right things because we don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to think about the truth. And that's kind of where we are, I think. Paul, uh, if, if he could just drop the mic, you know, that was <laughs> that was pretty good, Lon. Paul, what do you – I can tell you're about to overflow over there. No, I'm just I, – I, I'm soaking it in. I mean, the wisdom, you know, I mean – the wisdom and the I know word. Lon could probably carry this by himself. Listen, he could probably do hey, this. We, we didn't have to say nothing. Just let him talk. We I, just showed up and man, just look, turned I, the mic on and said, go. Listen, I am like, so I'm overjoyed here, you know, just listening to him speak. I mean, it's it's amazing, you know. And um, He's right. We're consumed. We're consumed with uh, with what we can buy on Marketplace. We're consumed with uh, how many pictures our friends put up on Facebook we're, we're consumed with how many likes on Instagram. Uh, me, me. I, I yeah. think that's kind of where we're all at. Super, super narcissistic. You know, I think that's where we are. And, and uh, it's, not, it's not just everybody. It's, at, at some points, it's all of us. Selfish, greedy. You know? And um, I just, I wonder and I think about, you know, my children. Uh, you know, they're from 18 to 3. And I think about my three-year-old, and I'll be honest with you, Lon. When I found out we were having another baby, I was like, "Man, Lord, you got a you got a reason because this world's rough." I mean, you've got to think about your grandchildren, you know, and and uh, strategically how how can we how can we uplift the Lord? And, and at the end of the day, we just have to live for Him and trust Him. You know, we can we can come out swinging and or, or come out being whatever and hollering, "You brood of vipers, you're going to burn." You know, you den of snakes, you, you all are going to burn if you don't turn and repent. And the bottom line is this. I've seen that for 23 years of my walk, and I know you've seen it for your whole ministry, and, and you've seen it too, Rome. And the bottom line is this, and I've realized this in the last couple of weeks, at the end of the day, you know, I can scream and, and shout and holler and point and judge and, and say all these things, but at the end of the day, I've got to be like, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Because I was broken, and he found me. I was sick, and he mended me. Mm-hmm. I was lonely, and he comforted me. And I was broken, and he loved me. <laughs> That's what kept me. That's what brought me to him. I lived in the world. I ran from truth. I didn't want anything to do with the truth. I didn't want anything to do with anybody that, that was so-called part of the truth. But I went in my own strength as far as I could go until he finally said, hey, I'm here. I think, I, I think we all need to come to that place where we're just genuine on the inside. Yeah. You know, but like there, you see, you find people who are not believers and they're still good people out there, right? And but this is something that I want to try to focus on. And it's, have you all noticed that like this, it's almost like sometimes a, a, a bad thing, just a small bad thing can derail a good movement. Like in our, or, or does it, or is it the opposite way where a good thing transforms and transcends all the bad because our, does our media focus on that one good thing 
or the one bad thing? Which one gets magnified and elevated in our culture, right? It's the one bad thing. You do you do one thing bad, I mean, and it gets put in the buzz or it gets posted on social media or, you know, it can just totally derail a person in their life. And in Scripture, they say a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. You know, just, and, and that's sin. We're all children of Adam. Lon, you were talking about Adam and Eve and then Cain and Abel. Today, my boys about got in a fight. I thought I was going to have to bury one of them because, uh, is having to rake the yard, rake, rake up some things. And I heard him say, I heard Jasper say, you threw a rake at me. <laughs> and I, you don't have to teach children to fight. You don't have to teach children to lie. You don't have to teach children to be mean to each other. We're all children of Adam and we're all born into sin. And sin is in rebellion to God. Our guilt causes us to hide from God. Our shame causes us to run from God. And we don't want to face the truth of God's word. And so here's what we want to try to encourage. Anybody listening out there? We need to be on guard. We don't allow we need we don't need to allow the media to hoodwink us, to deceive us. We need to always be alert and aware. Okay, Jesus um, told him, he said, we need to make sure that we're awake so that when the master comes, he doesn't find us sleeping. And I think that we've been lulled to sleep by the Pied Piper. You know, Satan has given us a lullaby, and so we're, we're all asleep. And I want to commend our watchmen on the tower, our men of God, our women of God who are serving the Lord faithfully, been serving God faithfully for years. Don't give up, okay? Lift up your head because your redemption draws nigh. But we're told about this. One day there's going to come a great falling away. Lon, would you agree that, and, and I would say that this has probably been said, who knows how many times across history, but we're probably living in that time of a great falling away. Well, there's no question about that. Um in Europe right now, fewer than one half of one percent of people are Christians. Christian faith came to us from Europe, and where they are is where we're headed. More and more people are just not interested in God, believing in God, thinking about God. You know, we can spend all of our time focusing on countercultural folks, the folks who are trying to silence everybody. We can talk about the media. I don't think we ought to lose sight of the fact that despite all their voices, the voice of God is still speaking Mm. in so many ways. Going back to Noah for just a minute, and hope I don't take too much time here. Methuselah was brought up around the story of Moses. 969 years as he lived, he was Noah's grandfather. Lamech was his father. And Methuselah was Lamech's father. And the Bible said when Methuselah was 187 years old, his son Lamech was born. And when Lamech was 182 years old, his son Noah was born. And when Noah was 600 years old, the flood came. Now, if you do a little math in that 187, 182, and 600, you get to 969. That's the age of Methuselah. 
He died in the year the flood came. Was he swept away with the flood? I don't think so. And that becomes clear when you understand what Methuselah means. Here's what it means. (laughs) It means when he dies, it will come. When he dies, it will come. Mm. He died. I can almost imagine Noah conducting his funeral, saying, my granddaddy, Methuselah's dead. His name means when it dies, it will come. I've been preaching you all for 120 years, telling you a flood's coming. You need to enter the ark of safety. So, you know, all his life, Methuselah, through his life and through his name, mm. bore a message from God. And God still has messengers, and God still has a message. But we need to hear it now. Because I'm sure that once it started raining, and the water started rising, people were pounding on the ark, saying, no, no, I believe, let me in. Mm. But the Bible said that door was closed and sealed by the hand of God. And there was no escape, because it wouldn't listen in time. And the Bible said when Jesus comes again, people will be crying for the rocks and the mountains to fall on them, to cover them from the wrath of God. But as it was in the days of Noah, it's too late then. So now we need to be hearing the word of God and the voices of God mm. because despite all the voices in our world, he still is speaking Amen. if we will listen. You know, I guess people would say that right now we're living in a lot of darkness, sin, darkness, corruption, no matter how deep the darkness, light always wins. Just the smallest light. And we've been called to be the light of the world. Yeah. And uh, I, we're going to kind of wrap this up here. Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's something about Jesus. So if you're seeking for truth, you really need to start with Jesus. That would be a great place to start. And maybe you're out there and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you've just lost your way. Repent and turn back to him because our attitude toward Jesus determines our outcome in life. Determines a lot. And we've been called to do more than just get saved, and that's it. And I think that's where a lot of our churches are, are hung up. We've evangelized a lot of people, but we really need to focus on discipleship, okay? Getting in the Word of God, and it really comes with personal Bible study, prayer. These are simple things, okay? Uh, Paul, you coach basketball, all right? And are you trying to teach your boys to shoot threes like James Harden? No. Uh, you are a fundamentals fundamentals over and over and over and over again. The most fundamental teams are the winning teams. Lon, how do you feel about like churches? I mean, you've been pastoring for a long time. You know, I mean, does it ever get to that point as a pastor where you say, ah, we're going to forget the basics. We're just going to focus on these advanced things. Or do you ever see yourself kind of cycling back through to some of those basic principles of the faith? Actually, Sunday before last, I preached on back to the basics. <laughs> That's where we need to be. Well, um, so I guess 
you know, we're going to try to close this thing out here. Paul, you got any closing words for us? Any closing thoughts? I, I want to say this. We have tried to proclaim culture as truth in, in our world today. And as Christians, we cannot put culture over the kingdom. Bottom line. We've got to realize that kindness and gentleness rooted in the gospel conviction. That's the truth. That's the truth. Wow. Lon, how about you? You got any closing words for us? I wanted to thank you and Paul for being gracious and kind enough and honoring me to come and be a part of this first podcast. Very first. And, uh, you know, shoot, we don't have any listeners right now, no subscribers, but I'm as nervous as can be. Uh, so we want to thank you, Lon, for um, coming out and, and being with us. Um, and we want to thank our listeners out there. Be sure to um, subscribe to our podcast. Um, we're going to try to uh, send this out through Anchor, and it should broadcast it through all of the main podcasting outlets out there. Be sure to like it, subscribe it, and um, focus on the truth. All right, that's going to do it for the day. We want to thank you all for coming out, and we hope you have a blessed day. God bless you.